Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is brought to you by Collinson, worldwide leaders in loyalty creating and orchestrating loyalty initiatives and programs for some of the world's biggest brands in travel, retail and financial services. Doing it globally for over 30 years. Want to know more? Go to collinsongroup.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Loyalty, where I'm joined by Isabel Barem the Senior Vice President of Loyalty at Accor Hotels. Isabel joins me today to discuss ALL, the acronym for Accor Live Limitless, a global loyalty and lifestyle program for Accor Hotels and partners worldwide. Isabel shares the latest approach to targeting customer passion points, as well as airline partnerships where members can double dip to earn both miles and points when they travel. She also talks us through making a core live limitless a relevant brand in our everyday lives. So, Isabel, first and foremost, I'm so happy to welcome you to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you for uh, giving me this opportunity. Loyalty is my passion. Oh, I could tell. It's wonderful. And I think I confess to you as well, Isabel, that uh, I've done very little with hotels. Um, So it's certainly about time with all the incredible work that Accor is doing, uh, that we get to showcase all of the uh, incredible innovation and insights. So let's kick off with our usual first question, Isabel. Please do tell me, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? So my favorite loyalty statistic is summarized in a motto which is burning drives earning. And what we see from uh, our statistics is that when you take members or travelers with the same profile of uh, stays, the same pattern of stays, the same uh, points balance on their account, you have 30% more revisit rate for those who have redeemed. And that's the reason why we always engage, try to engage our members by pushing them to redeem Mm. because redeeming drives earning. Wow. That's incredible, Isabel. How long have you known that? I mean, I remember from looking at your profile, for example, you've, uh, I think, 22 years uh, you you worked with uh, with Flying Blue. um, So lots of uh, incredible... 22 years in the airline industry. Okay. uh, Two years with Flying Blue, actually, but I learned a lot. And as a matter of fact, that motto, I learned it in Flying Blue. Okay. And then uh, nine years ago, uh, Accor hired me uh, because of uh, this loyalty knowledge. Okay. In order to handle uh, the program, uh, which had been launched under um, its its its, uh, actual uh, setup, meaning multi-brand, multi-country program. It had been launched only in 2008. So when I arrived in 2012, it was a very young program. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I've been taking care of it uh, since then. Okay. And one of the things we demonstrated uh, uh, quickly after I arrived, because uh, I knew it was one of the key elements to prove yes. uh, the, the value of the program, is that uh, redeeming drives earning. Wonderful. 
And what I also loved that you uh, you taught me, Isabel, the last time we spoke is um, such huge differences between the um, the challenges, I guess, of running an airline loyalty program uh, versus a hotel loyalty program. Yes, and an airline loyalty program is pretty much centralized because an airline is centralized. Yeah. Uh, all the decisions are made at head office and then rolled out. Yeah. Um, in the hotel industry, it's very different. Uh, we have owners and each potentially each hotel is its own decision maker because they are independent mm. and they have uh, they manage their own PNL. Mm. We have uh, a B 2 B 2 C uh, model, meaning that uh, the money that builds the profit of Accor comes first from the owners, not mm. so much from the direct uh, consumer, mm. from the end consumer, from mm-hmm. the guests. Mm-hmm. So we need absolutely to take this into account. And when mm. it comes to managing a loyal program in a hotel company, you need to permanently demonstrate the value of the program. Mm -hmm. You need to convince uh, Mm -hmm. the owners to follow you in in order to implement what you want to do. So it's very different and it's pretty challenging and pretty exciting too. Yeah. And just uh, forgive my naivety, Isabel, I just don't know your industry. Do they have any option not to participate? So what are the, I guess, the implications if, you know, your amazing loyalty program, which I know you've got the analytics, as you've said, you've proven that, uh, you know, burning drives earning um, and all of the behaviors. But what happens if somebody's not convinced as a hotel owner, for example? So the the loyalty program is mandatory. It's really part of the hotel management agreements. Okay. And and so it's not an option. Now, what happens is when we purchase a new brand, it can take time for all the past owners who have... uh, Mm. an HMA, and maybe it's a brand which does not have a loyalty program, then Mm. it can take time to onboard them all. But then for the new hotels opening under that brand, it is definitely mandatory. Okay. Okay. But yes, I guess um, the ultimate experience for the customer uh, relies on that hotel owner understanding the power of what you've given him and actually, I guess, executing it at the time of check-in when the guest is with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We at Centrally, we build the customer promise, but mm-hmm. it's true that those who make the program become alive yeah. uh, are the hoteliers because uh, mm-hmm. in the customer journey uh, of, a, of a guest, of a hotel guest, the the stay is of utmost importance yeah. and you can really magnify the experience during the stay mm-hmm. as well as ruining it if you don't do what you need. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we really um, train and sensibilize all our, our, our staff at hotel yeah. about the fact that loyalty is a question of trust. This trust uh, has to be built uh, little by little, time after time. Yeah. And when trust is there, it's fantastic, but it yeah. can be also, it's very, it's also a very fragile link. Yeah. And all the challenge is to develop a team spirit and mm-hmm. make them understand that they're part of a network of 5,000 hotels, wow. meaning that <laughs> yeah. they are, they yeah. are, they will recruit for potentially 4,900 other hotels, but the others are also recruiting for them and pushing business for them. So it's just a question of collective game. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. And you did send me through some fantastic statistics, Isabel. Um, 300,000 staff, for example, across the whole Accor group and 69 million members. And I thought it was very interesting because it is um, particularly powerful. 43% of those are in Europe, uh, followed by 26% of your members in Asia and 11% in North America. So yes. So it's an incredible brand. It wasn't one um, I was that familiar with again in Dubai, where I live, um, until in fact about three weeks ago. And I think I mentioned to you that I was at the Loyalty and Awards Conference. So we'll give a shout out to uh, the guys in Global Flight who did an incredible event for loyalty professionals. Uh, we stayed at an Accor hotel, a brand new one called the Sofitel yes. Obelisk. Mm-hmm. And I saw an incredible presentation. So... I'd love you to explain, Isabel, um, I suppose, particularly what has happened um, with, you know, since 2012, as you said, um, you've been doing a huge amount of work. Sorry, did I get that year right? How long have you been running the program? Yes, 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 2012. But Perfect. So the program was born in tw- in 2008, which okay. was very, which is very late compared to our competitors, but totally. because our competitors yeah. all launched their programs in the 80s or the 90s. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Accor decided to launch it pretty late, but okay. Never mind. <laughs> you got late, late is always uh, it is always good. <laughs> There's some advantages. And so it was it was yeah. first called a club. Yeah. Then uh, it was called Le Club Accor Hotels in 2012 because mm-hmm. we wanted to support our distribution platform, which was AccorHotels.com. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2019, we decided to merge the distribution platform yeah. and the loyalty program and call it all Accor Live Limitless and all Accor Live Limitless was born in 2000 uh, in December 2019 mm-hmm. with the intention to go to 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 drive our our members and our ambition beyond hospitality beyond the pure stay at hotel mm-hmm. we our, our chairman has always had this vision of augmented hospitality Mm-hmm. Meaning we have some businesses which are adjacent to hotels like uh, um, conciergerie, like mm-hmm. uh, One Fine Stay, which is a private rental um, uh, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, with other adjacent business, we have a, a, a company called Paris Society, mm-hmm. which holds a lot of uh, restaurants uh, in Paris. Mm-hmm. And so, and our, our, our chairman always wanted to make of the that the hotels become not only a place to stay for people who travel but mm-hmm. also a relevant place for the locals for the people who live around the hotel mm. and and make that the hotels become yeah a place for the locals to gather because they will go there to to dine in our restaurants because they will go there to experience our spas or because they will go there because they can't do home office at home and mm-hmm. maybe they need uh, they can do a remote office from our hotels mm-hmm. so what is giving all the meaning to the augmented hospitality is the loyalty program because mm-hmm. it's linking all those businesses together. And when you add to this the partners that we are currently injecting into the program, mm-hmm. um, we really want all, I call it limitless, to become a day-to-day uh, companion. Mm. Uh, we have just launched all mobility 
mm-hmm. which is um, the possibility for our members to book, um, uh, you know, uh, like Uber, you know, yes. I don't yeah. know how you call scooters them. Scooters uh, and bikes. Scooters and, and bikes yes. and taxis, taxis. and yeah. cars. Yeah. Um, and all this through uh, all uh, okay. app or through all.com. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can rede- earn earn all points. You can redeem all points. Yeah. And this is a way of making yeah. uh, our loyalty program become a day-to-day companion through yeah. the injection of new partners. And there will be a lot happening in the yeah. coming months in that area. Yeah, I can imagine. And I think the first stroke of genuinely genius is what you mentioned literally there, Isabel, about combining the uh, the distribution platform, so the, the transactional side of the business with the loyalty side. I think so many times over the years, there are legacy systems which are very separate and very complex and just mean you don't have one single customer view. So the fact that you've managed to combine them, um, I believe they were combined and relaunched essentially in 2020, if I'm correct. As you said, literally, (laughs) probably the most difficult year ever to to try and launch something like that. But even to get a three-letter domain, the word all.com, I mean, that itself is a stroke of marketing (laughs) genius. Huh? <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't take directly part uh, in, yeah. in that part, but yes, it was tough because uh, it's yeah. it's it's a it's a very common name, totally. and then you can uh, but you can um, play a lot around it. Yeah, uh, and obviously. One of our goal also was increase the awareness yeah. of a loyalty program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what we did with very strong partnerships uh, that we that we have been developing. Um, obviously, yeah. we are the sponsors, uh, Jersey sponsor of uh, the main uh, French soccer team, Paris Saint-Germain, Wonderful. which has really increased the level of awareness uh, yeah. of, uh, of all. Yeah. Now, what we do, what we need to do and this also the uh, insights have shown, what mm-hmm. we need to do is link it more to um, the universe of other hotels and to our brands. So people understand that all is something about lifestyle, is something about experience. They do not link it yet enough to the hotels. And this is what we have been trying uh, to do this year and will probably be going yeah. on doing yeah. it next year. Yeah, Yeah, that's a very important thing uh, to mention. Absolutely. So I'm not a soccer fan. So again, I really hadn't realized um, the sheer size of that sponsorship Um, and to have a shirt shirt sponsor for a football team of that scale is Mm. absolutely extraordinary, as you said, for the brand awareness. Um, but I think what you're doing is you're tapping into all of the passions that you're you're hearing. Absolutely, from people. absolutely. Yeah? Because when we launched all, or before we launched it, we we asked what were the passions of our of our customers. Because yeah, as I was saying, redeeming drives earning, but redeeming on hotel was not enough, mm-hmm. and we really wanted to give the opportunities to stick to our members' passions. So we made this survey and asked them about our passions, and what came out was that fifty one percent of them are passionate about gastronomy, dining, mm-hmm. uh, 40% are passionate about entertainment and 38% are passionate about sports. Mm-hmm. And so we decided 
uh, inside our offer of redemption to build all sorts of experiences around those passions. So we are partners of the taste festivals, which happen in different areas of the world and where people can come and experience uh, mm. uh, dining with uh, chefs and all sorts Beautiful. of master classes yeah. uh, all around gastronomy. Mm-hmm. We are partners with... Uh, 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 a huge provider of uh, entertainment. So we mm-hmm. have several venues in the world where we have VIP lounges uh, in order to host our guests. Nice. Uh, so we have one in Paris, one in Hamburg, one in Sydney, mm-hmm. and one in uh, London. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, the major sponsorship with uh, Paris Saint-Germain in mm-hmm. Europe, mm-hmm. but in other regions of the world, our, our, uh, our offices are also um, uh, partners with major sports events uh, over there, mm-hmm. uh, especially in Australia and Asia Pacific. They have developed a lot of sponsorships with uh, the Australian Open, the Australian Football League, um, yeah. Australian Rugby League, obviously. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm saying it correctly, by the way, and I apologize <laughs> to the Australian list. Listeners, maybe I'm <laughs> I'm not um, giving naming those uh, uh, big organizations uh, correctly, but the intention is there, yeah. and and so that's that's what we aim at doing. Um, and everywhere in the world, are in our uh, local offices, our countries, our teams have budgets in order to build experiences that are locally relevant for uh, their members, because you know. Mm. You know, a loyalty program is necessarily centrally managed. Mm-hmm. But when you are a, a worldwide brand as we are, mm. it needs to be locally relevant. Yeah, uh, And that's why in India, we do propose uh, to our members to attend cricket games, which yeah. obviously would never happen in the south of Europe, for instance. Yeah. Um, or... Um, uh, in 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 Brazil, mm-hmm. we always propose our members to use their points to attend the Carnaval, Carnaval in Salvador, or Carnaval in, wow. in Rio yeah. de Janeiro. So we really want to make this program locally relevant and highly aspirational, and and again way beyond the borders of of just the hotel, way mm. beyond. The, the, you know, the stay in the property itself. And I really picked that up actually from seeing the presentation. And also what I loved, and maybe again, I just haven't paid attention, Isabel, but the fact that, for example, you can earn the all points by dining in restaurants without needing to stay in the hotel. Like yes. It's never occurred to me to go to a hotel restaurant and present that hotel's loyalty brand card when I wasn't actually staying there. I think that's genius. Well, I don't know if it's genius, but it's a way of uh, of uh, creating repeat business yeah. for our hotels, for our restaurants, and and also enabling our members to collect more points. You know, yeah. we have a lot of debates within Accor, especially when we started repositioning ourselves to high-end brands. Yeah, um, and the first reaction of those high-end brands were of some of the managers of the, those high-end brands was, uh, I don't believe in a points-based program or our program is all about recognition. Okay. And that recognition program I'm thinking about was providing free nights and free upgrades. Okay. And free nights and free upgrades is, is a transactional, it's aspirational, yes. but it is 
as transactional uh, reward as points that enable you to pay yourself mm -hmm. for free nights or free upgrades. So yeah. this debate about recognition program versus points-based program is totally outdated in my in my opinion. Yeah, points are just an enabler. Yes, to to open up a world of opportunities uh, and a world of experiences that you or money can buy experiences that you just cannot could mm -hmm. not afford if yeah. you were not part of the loyalty program mm -hmm. including you could not afford even if you were super rich mm -hmm. i'm just or super wealthy i'm just going to give you an example the first time we built um, what we call a limitless experience with the paris saint germain yes was uh, for uh, a Champions League game. Mm -hmm. Paris Saint-Germain was going to play against the Real uh, Madrid in Spain. Wonderful. Oh, cool. And so we proposed this package where the member would onboard the Paris Saint-Germain plane with the players, Ooh. attend, uh, you know, the training, yes. attend the game mm -hmm. and fly back in the plane with the players. Wow. And we, we thought, we, we said it's the first test, we're going to put it, we, we put it for 80,000 points. Okay. And the member who purchased it, and this is something that you can't buy with money because you need yeah. to be partner of Paris Saint-Germain. Totally. And the member who purchased it was a Canadian based in Vancouver who flew at his expense from Vancouver to Paris wow. to live this experience <laughs> and then flew back. Wow. And we were just amazed because yeah. it was all we had dreamt yes. of. Yeah. It was bringing the the globalness uh, yeah. of all yeah. alive with the promise of the experience and the promise of a, a limitless lifestyle program. My goodness. Wow. He must be one of your top members, Isabel. That's extraordinary. Yes. He, yes, yeah. he is. He has. Well, he was he was very loyal. He was yeah. a, a very loyal Fairmont President's Club uh, okay. uh, member. Yeah. And we were even more happier because he <laughs> came from Fairmont President's Club. Amazing. And he said, it's just an amazing program. It's it's amazing what you are proposing. And wow. we are currently we are we have currently an auction going on mm -hmm. to repeat this mm -hmm. oh. uh, for the 24th of November for a game that will happen in Manchester. Oh my goodness. I think the the, the auction must be over now. Uh, I don't know who won it. Okay. I don't know how much <laughs> uh, points uh, were spent. Yeah. But that's the kind of exciting things that we can do with uh, with yeah. the, with this kind of loyalty program. For sure. And I think the auction format, Isabel, is very much one that you at least get the gamification, I guess, for everybody who's at least bidding, you know, to have the opportunity and to dream yes. and to be inspired about the possibility of winning yes. something like that. Although we do not do everything on auction, we have one competitor who proposes okay. um, experiences all based on auctions, but this mm -hmm. is not our policy. Okay. Why? Because we want everyone to have the, the feeling mm -hmm. that whatever their points balance, they can access those experiences. So we do, we do okay. have experiences that are... Okay. Very it's, affordable okay. because we want everyone to think I too can be part of it. Even if I'm not a yeah. super big spender, yeah. yes, I can, I can be part of it. Yeah, 
And you shared a gorgeous insight with me as well, Isabel, which I'd love if you share with the audience, which was around the, um, the I suppose, behavior of redeemers. And this was back to your point about possible concerns from hotel owners, particularly perhaps premium uh, hotel owners. And you have, I think, 51 brands across the Accor Hotel Group. Um, I was just looking at your your um, your presentation. But the fact that, for example, there are customers very loyal, let's say, to IBIS. And then there are other members or guests, I guess, who are um, you know much more loyal to, let's say, a premium brand like Raffles. And mm. I know you mentioned that there was some concern that there might be guests that earn in a, let's say, a budget brand and redeem in a premium brand. So I'd love to share that insight because mm. it really is very interesting what happens with that with your guests. Yes, um, we we had made a study before we we purchased. It happened when we purchased uh, Fairmont uh, FRHI, uh, Fairmont Raffles and Swiss Hotel. Mm-hmm. We had already made a study which was showing that. Uh, members, when they redeem, they re- they remain loyal to their brand of preference. And the brand of preference is the brand where they own, earn the most. Mm. And where it was particularly true was in the extremes. So luxury and mm-hmm. uh, economy, because mm-hmm. our program ranges from really budget to yeah. now ultra luxury. And when we purchased FRHI, Fairmont Raffles and Swiss Hotel brands, they expressed, so the management expressed concerns about that mm-hmm. and the owners expressed concerns about that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, ha- I remember one asset manager saying, I don't want to see pizza delivery in my lobby. <laughs> understand? Oh my goodness. I understood perfectly. <laughs> and what we demonstrated was that yeah. people who redeem in luxury have earned in a majority uh, for a majority of them, they they earn yeah. their points in luxury or premium upscale hotels. Yeah, and it's only one percent of people who earn exclusively in economy and do redeem in luxury. So it's very few. And yeah. with all those data, we uh, we were able to, I would say, manage those uh, concerns. Yeah. And make them understand that, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's understandable. I mean, when you are um, a frequent... So first of all, you have people who are really brand lovers of economy brands. Uh, mm-hmm. I know We know all know that one of our hero economy brands is Ibis. And mm-hmm. that Ibis loyalists are really very fond of Ibis. Yeah. And an Ibis loyalist will never feel... Will, yeah. Not necessarily feel at ease in a hotel where you need to pay 50 euros for your breakfast. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. the, the nice thing of our loyalty program is that you can find a lot. Uh, you can find all the kinds of brands that you want and you can mm-hmm. redeem where, where, uh, wherever you want. Yeah. And, you know, there's also this cliche, which was uh, people who travel in luxury are exclusive to luxury. That's not necessarily true. I would say that... At some moments, they will they will travel in luxury, but maybe at some moments, if it's, I don't know, you need to stay one night in, at an airport, mm. they can as well go to an, a mid-scale hotel, even an economy hotel, it does happen. And okay. we can see that through our insights. Mm. So yes, there are exclusive luxury members, obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but let's not put yeah. people and customers in boxes. Yeah. Let's just put all our offer on the shelf and let them choose. Yeah. You know what? Luxury is choice after all. 
You're totally right, actually, Isabel. And you're reminding me of some of my own work, you know, years ago in different sectors. But I did actually conclude the same thing. The principle of flexibility to let somebody choose exactly what it is they want to do. I think it's important just as like normal, you know, human beings, a level of respect because obviously, yes, they're paying, they've earned this. Um, but interesting that they do have the um, the comfort factor around the loyal to the brand that they generally earn with. Because this, I don't know what I was expecting. I know as a, as a consumer, that is how I mm -hmm. behave. You know, it's like, that's my favorite hotel. If I'm staying there, that's what I want to stay in. And I also have family and friends who definitely would be loyalists at a, you know, more of a budget brand, for example. They're much more comfortable there. And I can't imagine them coming with me when I'm in somewhere, you know, that I've been, you know, really looking forward to staying in like a high-end hotel. But great to hear that, I suppose, coming through in your analytics. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, analytics is so key in managing a loyalty program. Yeah. Because especially in our case where we need to demonstrate yeah. permanently the value to the owners, um, being able to, I would say, stop any discussion or nourish the discussion with strong analytics, this is mm. really mm. super important. I think it's yeah. from a a loyalty management perspective, you always need to demonstrate within your own company the value of, 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 uh, of uh, the loyalty program. Yeah. But really within the hotel industry, beyond your own CFO, you also have to convince uh, mm -hmm. the hotel owners. Mm -hmm. So having a, a very strong uh, analytics base is key mm -hmm. uh, in, in, uh, in hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. And I have heard concerns in, you know, other hotel brands where they mustn't have had the same level of analytics and expertise, Isabel, that you have and, and that Accor has. Um, because this particular, you know, just, you know, conversation I remember somebody having with me was around the difficulty, as you referenced, you know, with executing at the uh, the time that the guest is in the property because the mm -hmm. hotel owners were were not convinced and therefore weren't delivering on the, the brand promise. So, um, so you're absolutely right. I mean, we all talk about analytics but I hadn't really thought about it in terms of convincing, you know, the people who are delivering. I always think about retail staff, for example, but I guess the hotel owners, it's a whole other level of convincing that they really have to be sure um, in order to make sure that your guest has the right experience. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And getting the staff engaged is also very important. Of course, of course. And uh, But uh, I must say that... Um, with the launch of our loyalty, of the relaunch of uh, Accor Live Limitless uh, two years ago, yeah. we retrained everyone uh, on uh, what is loyalty, not only about the the knowledge of the program, but mm. about the loyalty mindset, you know, uh, what uh, is loyalty, yeah. it's building trust, um, uh, you can uh, enchant uh, the, the member uh, at the time he stays at your property and make the make yeah. the stay unbelievable. When the member redeems, it's a critical moment where you can even magnify even more yeah. uh, the stay uh, because as it's he's redeeming, it's it's a, it's a specific moment yeah probably more where there's more more emotion put in it than one of the regular stays yes 
Yeah. Um, all this, all this we did uh, when when we launched. And now, what we are trying to do, obviously, is delivering, finishing delivering the all promise uh, uh-huh. with this, uh, the whole set of partnerships that we will be uh, developing. So yeah. we have just launched a co-brand uh, in, on the French market oh. uh, and a co-brand card, which. Yeah. Is is will is nothing new uh, for in the travel industry, yes. but in hotels outside the US, not so many companies have done so. Yeah. So we have just launched this. Uh, we will be launching. We have plans of expansion in other regions too. Mm. We have just launched all mobility. Uh, we will be introducing um, an experiential uh, partnership uh, also that will be launched uh, within one month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will, it, and when I say experience is, it's not also, it's not only tours and activities, but also for people on their place of residence, possibility oh. to, to, to get theater tickets, uh, shows, etc. So okay. this is also, it will also be a way to uh, mm. getting uh, the program in the day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, and obviously we, ha- we are working very strongly with the airlines. This was my next question. I thought this was genius. Tell us about your double dip partnership. Yes. So we have built with uh, Flying Blue, mm-hmm. uh, the <laughs> Air France KLM's loyalty program. Brilliant. Uh, of course. This miles plus points partnership where okay. uh, members, when they uh, fly uh, with Flying Blue, yeah. they will earn their miles, but they will also earn uh, all points. And when they stay wow. at the hotel, wow. they will not only earn all points, they will also earn Flying Blue miles. So they, they earn the two currencies, whether they fly or whether they stay with us. And this wow. is really a very, very, very efficient way yes. of relying on the power of uh, of the both partners in order to drive and maximize yeah. the business. Because I mean, the, the perspective of being able to earn both currencies is really very, very strong. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I've heard of any other partnership that has that double dipping in the travel um, industry. I think as one of our uh, US competitors okay. uh, did it mm-hmm. with one American carrier, but not at that scale. Okay. Not at the scale of uh, maybe they did it for the upper tiers, okay. but they didn't do it for every member. Yeah. And this model will soon uh, we will we'll, we're in 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 the Pacific region. Mm-hmm. We'll be we we've been will be launching. I think the. The moment the podcast is out, yes. we will have launched our partnership with Qantas. Wow. Uh, a strengthened partnership with Qantas, uh, yeah. which will uh, uh, also propose a miles plus points component, meaning wow. double dipping. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Super exciting. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is that, uh, and I know it well coming from the airline industry, the airline loyalty programs used to look at the hotel loyalty programs a little like uh, secondary. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, because because they invented the business, which is true. Yes. Huh? Those who yeah. started the, this business were the yeah. airline loyalty programs. Yeah. And... Uh, um, 
when we said uh, we were, I think, the first one to propose to airlines, yeah. we should do two ways conversions. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But how can it be that people want to earn your points and not my miles? That's yes. not possible. <laughs> well, yes, it is. And it we've is. proven that we can do it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But it proves your point, Isabel, as well about the day-to-day relevance, I guess, of a brand like Accor and all. Um, because as you said, it could be, you know, simply dining in one of your restaurants. Um, it could be, you know, using the spa. It's not exactly. necessarily the stay. Or even if it is the stay, it might be a stay for three, four, who knows how many nights. Whereas a flight actually, just in terms of its duration, is relatively short. And I know you've made that distinction that uh, I guess the hotel has a bigger opportunity maybe to build loyalty purely by the length of time you're connecting with people yes 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 the length of stay and the fact that the is a, is an opportunity for uh, for our our hotels and our brands to reinforce yeah. the link with the customer and strengthen the mm. uh, yeah strengthen the relation with the customer mm-hmm. much more than on a on a short flight yes yeah. that's true yeah, for sure. The last piece I wanted to uh, to talk to you about, Isabel, was a fabulous video, which again was shown at the conference here in Dubai. Um, and I'm hoping we can link to this for uh, for everybody listening to obviously the podcast. Um, but just a genius video to to demonstrate loyalty, I guess, to the, the Paris Saint-Germain team um, as a way and equating that, I guess, to the hotel loyalty. So would you maybe just tell us a bit about uh, this fabulous fun video you guys created yes so it's it's a video where um people show up at the reception i think we shot in three of our uh, of our hotels in in uh, three different brands and three different uh, cities uh, in europe in europe uh-huh. and uh, people show up at the reception and they are fans of another team <laughs> and then the receptionist starts explaining oh i have a fantastic offer to make to you uh, you will have an upgrade you will have uh, yeah. uh, a complimentary pool complimentary breakfast the the big blah 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 yes and the only thing you need to do (laughs) is to wear a Paris Saint-Germain shirt and obviously (laughs) you know it's it's filmed as a hidden camera yes and obviously the guy who's maybe a Manchester or a Real Madrid supporter or a buyer says oh no no, no, it's not possible. <laughs> and at the end, because and because they stick firm, huh? they yes. they are they remain loyal to their to their yes. uh, football to their club, team huh? every time to their team. And yeah. because they remain loyal to their team, yeah. Uh, at the end, we mm-hmm. say, well, you know, we value loyalty so much. Let's forget about the shirt. We reward <laughs> you with a diamond uh, a diamond status. Wow. And and you know, it's it's to demonstrate what loyalty is. Yeah, and the nice thing about this movie, because we did a lot of previous movies with Paris Saint Germain, mm. this one mm-hmm. was within our hotels. Yeah, it was. It was showcasing Paris Saint Germain, but not so much. It was showcasing mm. loyalty inside yeah. the environment of the hotels. Yeah, and uh, and I know that our 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 countries and our regions are very fond mm. of this movie, much more than the other ones, which were also nice movies with Paris Saint Germain. But this one was really focused on hotels, and 
they they are taking ownership of that movie because it's happening in the hotels. Yeah. So with bringing Paris Saint-Germain inside, yeah. I would say, inside the hotel, yeah. we really managed to make this blend and this mm-hmm. link between all I call Limitless and the hotel. And as I was explaining earlier, yeah. one of the things we want to develop is uh, increase the awareness uh, yeah. of all being before uh, everything a hotel yeah. loyalty program yeah. uh, it's a way of it's a way of doing it yeah. and i would encourage everyone to uh, go and watch it on youtube huh? it's available on youtube yes. so i would encourage everyone to go and watch it on youtube I will make sure, Isabel, to link to it in the show notes. And when we send this podcast out as well to all the listeners, I'll make sure we include that video as well, because... uh, It would be great. It's uh, honestly, well, I saw the reaction. And as you know, there was, I think, 180 loyalty professionals you know, at the conference together watching and such, a, you know, everyone connected and laughed and really went, that was a brilliant piece of marketing. So yeah. definitely now won. that I've told the story, I spoiled <laughs> everyone. I'm sorry. No, I know. But it's it, it's important because we all love loyalty so much to, to see it demonstrated by consumers and, uh, you know, genuinely tempted with alternatives. Um, it was a clever approach. So we'll definitely make sure to, to link to that. Um, yeah. Before we go, I guess I just wanted to to thank our friends in Collinson for connecting us. I know you've yes. been uh, working with them for a long time. Yes, they are providing us uh, the technological platform uh, which enables all the redemption, eShop, but also the experiences. Yeah. So thanks. We really are grateful for their uh, cooperation. Wonderful. And it's been a, f- a few years uh, uh, solid uh, partnership with them. Wonderful. That's always good to hear. Yeah, no. And I was delighted because, as I said, I was at the event. I saw the Accor presentation, didn't get a chance to go and, you know, connect with the guys to invite them on the show. And uh, and then we, we were connected directly. So that was fantastic. So listen, I think I've asked everything from my side, Isabel. Is there anything else you wanted to mention for listeners before we wrap up? Look, I would invite all the listeners to become members of all Acolive Limitless and yes. experience it themselves. Yeah. And don't hesitate to send uh, to send their feedback to me. Wonderful. Isabel.birem at accord.com. Oh, fantastic. I love customer feedback. Okay. Don't hesitate. Wonderful. Yes. Well, I signed up just for my recent stay because I did stay over for the conference as well, Isabel. So um, I'm a fully signed up member myself now. And great. Um, very great. excited about the proposition. So listen, I think it's a great place to uh, to finish up. So I just want to say Isabel Barem, Senior Vice President of Loyalty at Accor. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform. 
find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews. And thanks again for supporting the show.